Welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. I'm thankful when we begin to talk about Jesus, we sing about Him, His presence just shows up. And sometimes our song isn't just right at the edge of our lips, if you get what I'm saying. Sometimes we have to find the song that we're going to sing. And maybe today you felt like you were struggling to find the song, and maybe we sang a song you didn't know, and you were trying to find the words to the song. Sometimes that happens on Sundays. But you can know today that Jesus Christ is with you, and there is a song that you can sing. And I'm encouraged today, and I'm going to preach with this hope and this promise that before we leave today, all of us will have a ready song to sing. Some people sing new songs, some people sing old songs, but I believe the word of God for us today is that no matter where you are or what you're going through, even if you're in the middle of your nighttime season right now, you will have a song in the night. I'm believing God will give us a song in the night. Go to the book of Psalms, chapter 77, and verse 6. This passage tells us, I call to remembrance my song in the night. So the psalmist is writing, obviously he's in a difficult point because he's remembering a previous nighttime season. And he's remembering that in that season, he had a song. And he said, I will commune with my own heart and my spirit make diligent search. In the middle of his nighttime season, the psalmist said, I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to sing in the night. Let's go to Judges chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came into the tent and smote it and it fell and overturned it and the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, There is nothing, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hands hath God delivered Midian and all of the hosts. God's on your side. God's on your side tonight. God is going to help you be victorious. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing for his word. There are some people who have the perpetual perspective on life that they're either coming out of a trouble, in trouble, or going into trouble. And while we probably shouldn't live with that as the, the, the view and motive of life, we should be looking from, I'm coming out of a valley, going into a valley, or going through a valley. I'm not always looking for the negative. We should be looking for the positive. Because between your valleys are mountaintops, amen? So I'm either ascending to the mountain, standing on the mountain, or maybe I'm leaving this mountain, going to the next mountain. 
But it's true that everybody has trouble. Probably everybody's been in trouble. All the kids went to Sunday school, so they're exempt, I guess, from that statement. But we all have trouble. Nobody is exempt from night seasons. Nobody's exempt from life. The Bible tells us it rains on the just and on the unjust. You can go through Chick-fil-A on a Wednesday night and the lady behind you be on her phone and run into your car. Whether you serve God or not. Like happened last Wednesday. It doesn't matter. We all have trouble in life. Did you know when you get the Holy Ghost and fill with God's Spirit, your cell phone bill comes the next week just the same as if you hadn't? But I thought he was God and he owned the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah, but he doesn't have your cell phone. He'll let you take care of that. The bills keep coming. Trouble sometimes just keeps coming and not just the superficial things of life but the people that talked about you before you got the holy ghost will probably still talk about you after you get the holy ghost because gossipers gossip matter of fact getting the holy ghost and being filled with god and living for god probably gives them a new subject to talk about we all have night seasons we all go through hard times we all face Traumatic seasons, we all have loss. We all experience loss. A loved one, a job, a hobby, career. These are seasons that we all go through. These are things that we don't ask for, but just as the sun rises, so does the sun set. And we move from this season into the next season. And sometimes they're night seasons. And being followers of Jesus Christ doesn't exempt us from the everyday trials and troubles of life. Matter of fact, Job wrote and said in Job 14 and 1, the words of Job are, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Matter of fact, I would probably say it's not even a few days, just a few minutes just a few hours, and the troubles of that baby have already begun. Where's the food? Who keeps poking me? Get that cold stethoscope off of me. Why are you scrubbing me like this? This is not my environment. And our troubles relate to where we are in life, right? And so we all have troubles. Just a few minutes, just a few days, as Job said, and life is full of troubles. Nighttime comes. The night is those times or seasons in our life when it seems everything you touch turns to dust. I had one of those days this week. It felt like everything I did took three times as long and created more work. I should have just went and sat on the couch and did nothing that day. Some days you lose your Midas touch, don't you? Some days you just touch it and it all crumbles and falls. Night times 
come for all of us. We can't avoid them. You might not like the next part of this, but they're actually there on purpose. Nighttime, night seasons happen for reason. You see, it's because of the night that we find our strength. If it wasn't for the nighttime, if all we lived in was the beauty and the glory of God at all the times and everything was peaceful and everything was calm and there was no night, just the sun shining in our life, we would get complacent. We would get apathetic. We wouldn't have compassion for the ones that hurt. We wouldn't have empathy or sympathy for the ones who struggle. And so it's through the nighttime that we learn compassion. It's through the nighttime that we learn empathy and sympathy. It's through the nighttime that our strength to hold on grows. It's because of the nighttime we find our endurance. We learn through experience that if I'll just stay in it, the sun's going to rise again. If I will just endure the darkness for just a little bit longer, the sun will rise again. Just as sure as the sun set and it became dark, just as sure the sun will rise and the light will shine again. And so we learn in dark times to just hold on and just endure and just keep being faithful to what we're doing. Keep being faithful to the kingdom of God. Keep being faithful to the church. Keep being faithful to your family. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful because just as sure as the sun sets it will rise again the nighttime teaches us to endure did you know living for god is not for the weak or for the faint the old saying is any dead fish can float downstream and just because the fish is floating downstream doesn't mean it's swimming it takes strength it takes endurance. It takes a, a form of grit for the fish to swim against the current. I seen a video just this week of the salmon and how they swim upstream. They leave the, the easy swim of the pool of water, the ocean of water, and they move into the fresh water and they begin to, to swim up the wide river. Well, yes, there's current, but it's not so strong against them that they, they swim. And then they move from the wide river into the small stream and even into the creek. And before long, it's taking every ounce of strength they have to move upward against the flood current that's running down against them. Living for God is not for the faint or the weak. Driftwood doesn't define saints. Driftwood just drifts along until it finds somewhere to lodge and then it's just happy just sitting there rotting and decaying. No, no, Christians, we fight the good fight. We stay in the race. We run the race. We are enduring to the end. We are passionate about what we're doing. We have determination. We push forward. No matter what comes our way, we have it set inside of us. A determination that says, I will not be persuaded. 
I will not be pushed around. I will not be pulled this direction. I will not be dragged away from Jesus Christ. I am determined to stay with Him. Whether the sun is shining or even if I'm in the middle of a nighttime season, I will stay with Jesus. The disciples were on the ship. They had left the shore, headed across the Sea of Galilee. The sun had set and nighttime had come and the storm began to billow. It must have been quite the storm because the Bible says that they were trying to get the water out of the ship. They were bailing with their buckets. They were screaming and hollering and they became frantic and fearful and they began to wonder, why are we out here in the middle of this storm? Does Jesus not even care that we are about to die? Matter of fact, where is that guy? And they find him. Sleeping. Sleeping in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm, in the most fearful and frantic time of their life. He's asleep in the back of the boat. But he wasn't absent. He was still with them. And when he was awakened, he just stood at the bow of the ship and said, Peace be still. And the night storm, which seemed like it was about to overtake them in a moment, just become the darkness again. So you can know God is with us. If you'll stay with Him, He'll stay with you. He'll never leave you and never forsake you. In your dark time, God is with you. Ephesians encourages us, when we've done all to stand, stand. Stand, therefore, having on the armor of God. Yes, there are times that we have to fight through as Christians. We have to fight through temptation. Sometimes temptation is a battle. And it's not always a battle with the devil. Sometimes it's a battle with self. Sometimes we just have to look ourselves straight in the face. Step into the bathroom. Look in the mirror. Listen, buddy, you lived for God yesterday, and you're going to live for God tomorrow, and how that happens is you're going to live for God today, right now. I'm going to stand right where I am. I'm going to let the temptation winds blow, and when the storm passes over, I'll still be standing. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to acquiesce. I'm going to stand Despite the temptation. Sometimes we go through trouble or tribulation. And we still have to stand. Romans 5, 1 through 4 tells us, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of this passage. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes as the clouds begin to roll in and the sun begins to set and as the moon begins to cover and the stars begin to go black, our fear begins to arise and our peace begins to erode. Hear me today. We don't have peace because of what we can do. We have peace because of what He can do. 
I'm not at peace because I can solve it. I'm at peace because he's going to solve it. I'm not at peace because I'm going to cause the sun to rise in the morning. No, I'm at peace because he's going to cause the sun to rise in the morning, just as he always has done and just as he will continue to do. So I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to be fearful that my soul will be lost in the middle of the night because I am firmly in the hand of God. A nail-printed hand holds me in His strength. A nail-printed hand holds me in His arms. I am sheltered in the arms of God, as the song would say. No matter how hard the wind blows, no matter how dark the night gets, Jesus is still holding on to me. And it's because of that I have peace in my heart. Let's keep reading. By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I don't have time to preach every verse this morning. i got a long way to go. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation or the night time also, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope. The point is, your nighttime season exists for a reason. The ultimate end game is that you have hope. Well, that just doesn't make sense at all. Why would I be put in a hopeless situation so that then I could have hope? Because if you'll stay faithful and you'll hold on and you'll sing your song in the middle of the night, your hopelessness will be transformed into hope. When the sun begins to rise on your dark season, you'll have hope. And the next time that cloud comes through, you'll say, oh, that's no big deal. I've been through that one before. And the next time a cloud bigger than any cloud you've ever been through before begins to roll in, you'll be able to say, oh, but remember all of these times that God's been faithful to me. I've got hope that I'll make it through this one. It's because of the nighttime season that we find our prayer closet. Did you know God might have let the sun set because he hasn't heard your voice in a little while? It might be God just saying, hey, I'm going to make life uncomfortable for a minute because it seems when life gets uncomfortable, that's when humanity cries out to me. Let me trouble your water and your world just for a minute so your face will turn from all the chaos around you and, and look heavenwards and, and you'll come back to me and you and I can then begin to have a conversation. God may trouble your life just for a moment to get you back into your prayer routine. It's because of the night that we better understand deliverance. It's one thing to get excited to hear about somebody else's deliverance. And it's incredible to recite their stories of deliverance. And we can have hope because God did it for them. He can do it for me. But there's something completely different about when God's done it for me. When God set me free, I know that the next time I get myself tangled up, God will set me free again. He will deliver us time and time again. We learn and better understand deliverance.
because of the night season that we go through. You're probably familiar with the story of Gideon. Let me just hit the high points this morning. Gideon, an Israelite, living at a time when the children of Israel were under attack from the Midianites. And Gideon, fearful and afraid that he was going to lose his life, decided he was going to take his wheat and instead of going to the threshing floor, which was normally in a higher place so the wind could blow away the shaft and the wheat could fall in the basket, rather than threshing his wheat in the threshing floor in a more exposed location, he takes his wheat, bundles it up, and goes down into the valley into the wine press. And in the valley at the wine press, he's threshing his wheat, hiding out from the enemy. Hoping he can just scrounge enough together for him and his family. Surviving. In the middle of the night. Season that he's living in. And while he's down there doing this, an angel of God shows up. Says, hey Gideon, you mighty man of valor. I wonder if Gideon didn't look around. As far as I know, I'm the only one here and I'm the only one named Gideon. But you said, mighty man of valor, do you not see where I am and what I'm doing? And the angel begins to speak to Gideon and gives him instructions and tells him that how he's going to become the victor, the, the leader that brings Israel to victory. <coughs> and if you've studied the story of Gideon, you know that he went out and gathered an army and, and as crazy as it sounds, he had too many people in his army because God wanted credit for the victory. And so Gideon cuts the army down and you can read the story in the book of Judges and he begins to do all that God instructs and tells him to do and eventually he comes with his small group of men and God gives him instruction. You're going to set yourselves up on the mountains surrounding the Midianites who are in the valley. So Gideon has the instruction but he's still not bought in that this is the greatest way to, to win this war. And so Gideon sneaks off one night and kind of begins to spy on the Midianites. And as he's spying on the Midianites, he, he hears this story between two of the Midianites talking. And one of the Midianites says, hey, I had a dream last night. I dreamed that this loaf of barley came rolling into our camp. And it flattened all of our tents. And the guy sitting on the other side of the campfire, the other Midianite says, you know, you know what that is, don't you? That's, that's the sword of Gideon. God has delivered us into his hand. And Midian is going to fall at the hand of Gideon. And Gideon walks away from that encounter like, all right, God's got this. 
I doubted it. I thought I had enough people to fight. God made it smaller. I got this little ragtag group of people together, and God said he's going to use that group. And he didn't tell us to fight with swords and spears. He told us to get a, a candle, a pitcher, and a trumpet. And, and that didn't make sense to me. But now God's already told us we're going to win with these instruments of war. And so he gets his people together. And the night begins to fall. And in their life, they're living in a nighttime season. And in battle, they're in a nighttime season because they're at a standstill. They're not winning and they're not losing. It's kind of at a draw. And they circumference around the mountaintops. And when Gideon blows his trumpet, all the others begin to blow their trumpet. And when they blow their trumpet, they smash the pitcher and the light begins to shine. And the Bible says it caused confusion among the Midianites. When they looked into the mountains, it looked as though they were completely surrounded on all sides. And it caused them to become fearful. And they began to kill one another and slay each other. And the Bible says that they chased the Midianites all the way out of their country. If you read the story, they even began to call in their neighbors. Hey, come help us beat the Midianites. And they drove them all the way back. How did this happen? Why did this happen? Because in the middle of the night, God gave them a song. In the middle of the night, they began to blow their trumpets and play a song to God. And there is one who gives songs in the middle of the night. Job 35 and 10, in the amplified version, it says, But no one says, Where is God my maker? Who gives songs of rejoicing in the night. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're in the middle of your nighttime hour, there is a song for you to sing. And it's not a song of sorrow. It's not a song of self-pity. It's not a song of woe is me. But God has a song of rejoicing for you in the middle of your night hour. You can be confident that the song giver, God your maker, is with you. And he'll give you the words to sing. He'll give you the tune to sing it to. And he'll give you the opportunity in the middle of your darkest night to, to sing a song in the darkness. God has a song for you. God has a song of victory for you. God has a song of overcoming for you. You can just take a break from all the worrying of the night and just begin to sing your song unto God. What happens if you would just praise God in the middle of your chaos? I can answer the question, what happens? You'll have victory. What happens if you'll just begin to worship God and confound the enemy? Why are they doing that? Huh? How come they're not stressed out? Why aren't they afraid? What's going on? And while he's all befuddled over your victory march, God will take care of the battle. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 
I don't know what your dark hour is. I don't know what your nighttime season looks like. But if it involves man, don't worry about it. God's got it. If humanity is coming against you, don't worry about it. God's got it. When people are talking and they don't understand what they're talking about and they're talking out of their head, don't worry about it. God's got you in the middle of your dark hour. He's going to give you a song to sing. He'll make you content in the darkness and you'll be able to walk away and say, God was with me. God never left me. And I'm not fearful of what man can say or do against me. Because God is with you. His spirit is with you. His presence is with you. His promise is with you. His anointing is on you. Oh, I'm trying to encourage somebody this morning. You don't have to be fearful in the middle of the dark hour. Just begin to sing your song unto God. <laughs> Psalms 42 and 8 says... Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. Man, I love the loving kindness of God when the sun is shining. When there's no doubt that God loves you, there's no doubt that God's caring for you. And, not just in the daytime, and in the night, His song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. There's something that happens when the nighttime comes. We either freeze up or we begin to sing his song. The song that the song giver has given unto us. We begin to belt out the tune that he gave to us. Maybe it's not literally a song, but maybe it's just a voice of praise and a voice of encouragement and a cry of victory that comes from within you. Maybe it's just lifting up your hands and walking around your living room with nothing but tears streaming down your face, crying out to God, Lord, you're going to be my victory. Lord, you're going to bring me through this dark moment. Lord, you're going to silence the voice of the gossip. Lord, you're going to silence the voice of the, of the liar. Lord, you're going to open doors where I don't see opportunity. If you'll just begin to quit worrying about the problem and start focusing on the solution, that's singing your song in the night. That's his song for you. God's not going to give you the Molly Grub song. Oh, woe is me, for all my problems are great. Oh, woe is me, for I'm in despair and distraught. That's not God's song. That's our song. That's really not even the devil's song. The devil's song is, I'm going to kill you and destroy you. Our song is, woe is me, for my life is terrible and awful and it's just getting worse. No, 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 no. That's not the song we're going to sing. We're going to sing his song. I won't be overcome by the water. I won't be overcome by the darkness. I won't be overcome with fear. I won't doubt. I won't lose hope. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to celebrate all the goodness God did, has done in the daytime. But right here, right now, in the middle of my dark season, I'm going to continue to praise Him. I'm going to continue to worship Him. I'm going to continue to sing my song in the night. When everything is going right, I'll praise Him. When everything is going wrong, I'll praise Him. 
When everything is going right, I'll worship Him. When everything is going wrong, I'll worship Him. When the night season comes along, I'll not be silent. I'll not relent myself to the darkness. I'll sing my song in the night. I'll sing it loud. Because my victory is just around the corner. And just as sure as the sun set and ushered in the darkness, so the sun will rise and usher in the daylight. Joe, or excuse me, John, chapter 14, verse 18. What did God say? He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. You know the greatest way to get Jesus to show up? Need him. It's hard for Jesus to help somebody that doesn't need his help. Maybe you've been in a situation before where you're trying to help somebody and it's obvious they need your help, but they're oblivious that they need help and they're just fumbling their way through it, getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You're like, you know, if you just stop fumbling, I could help you. I wonder how many times God looks at our life. Hey, if you just quit messing it up for a minute, I could help you. If you just realize you need me for a minute, I could step into where you are right now and I could completely change the situation. I could take all the hurt and the heartache that you're producing and I could turn it into victory. I could take the disappointment and the doubt that you're generating and turn it into hope and promise. He said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The best way to get Jesus to show up is just say, all right, Lord, it's dark and I can't see anything and I need you. Jesus is there. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. I jump to the next verse. You know what? We live in a society that's in the midst of a dark season. If you just look at the garbage and trash that's being generated for entertainment nowadays, you'll realize it. We're living in a dark season. It's been released in other parts of the world and it's coming to the United States. Christian characters who... I don't even want to say it that way, but who glamorize being demon-possessed. This garbage is being pumped into the faces of all of humanity. Our world of society looks at it in awe and wonder. And they wonder why they hear creaks in the night and see images in their bedroom. I'll tell you why. Because you've opened your house up to the demonic. The number one way to get the devil out of your house is to close all the doors that he comes through. Sometimes that involves cleaning stuff out. That's not even in the notes. That's free. (laughs) 
No. I'm not going to become weary because of what's happening in the world around me. I'm not going to become depressed because society has accepted Satanism. I'm not going to become bent out of shape because our world is, is seeking some false form of spirituality. No, I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to fight against these things. I'm not fighting people. I'm fighting principalities. I'm not fighting individuals. I'm fighting wickedness in high places. So, no matter what my society does in this dark hour, I'm still going to sing my song. I'm going to sing my song in the night. So we understand nighttime comes. And we understand that we've got to sing our song. And we understand there is a song giver. But what happens when we sing our song? What's the result? Absolutely right. Psalms 119 and 62 begins to tell us. The psalmist again is writing and he says, At midnight I will rise to thank thee, or to give thanks unto thee, because of thy righteous judgments. When we choose in the darkest of the dark to come to our feet and to stand at attention before God and begin to give thanks and to praise Him and to sing our song, that is when He begins to work and show up. Even when you're in the darkness, we still praise Him. So just as the psalmist made a commitment to himself, I will praise God at midnight. I wonder if we could make that commitment to ourselves even in this moment, in this hour, in this minute. Lord, no matter how dark it gets, my voice of praise will not be silenced. No matter how dark it gets, I will keep singing through the night. I have a song in the night. How many of you lift your hand and make a commitment today? Lord, I'm going to praise you no matter how dark it gets. I'm not going to quit worshiping you. I'm going to always worship you. I'm going to keep praising your name. And here's the result. Isaiah 30, 29-32. You shall have a song as in the night when a holy festival is kept. And gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into the mountain of the Lord. To the mighty one of Israel. It's set in the stage in verse 29. It says, when it's as dark as it can be, and you begin to sing your song in the night, you'll sing and it'll sound like a flute at a festival. You'll sing, sing and it will be as though you're on the mountaintop of the Lord, worshiping the mighty one of Israel. When you're doing that, when you sing in the night, verse 30 shows us what God does. The Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and show the descent of his arm. God's going to reach down to you. With the indignation of his anger and the flame of a devouring fire with scattering tempest and hailstones, God's going to begin to fight your battle for you. When God flexes his arm and sweeps it among the earth, he wins. Verse 31, for though the voice of the Lord, Syria will be beaten down, that's the enemy, and as he strikes with the rod, 
And in every place where the staff of punishment passes, which the Lord lays on him, it will be with tambourines and harps and in battles of brandishing. He will fight with it. God is going to fight your battle. If you'll sing your song in the night, you have a biblical promise that God will fight your battle. Your enemy is going to face an opposition, an opposition that they've never faced before. Your enemy came to the battle expecting to fight you and I. Our enemy, our enemy shows up thinking, oh, it's just one of these little Christian people. I'm going to take care of them. Oh, it's just that little guy that, that goes to church on Sunday. I'm going to just beat him all up. And he, did, he messed up. He, he, he miscalculated. He didn't understand that when he comes to me and the dark hour rolls in that I'm not the one he's going to fight. God shows up. God shows up. And then the enemy stands, and he's not facing you and I, but now the enemy stands, and in between him and us stands God. And God is mad because the enemy is attacking his child, and God fights on our behalf. And when God fights, he wins. And God will preserve us from destruction. While the enemy come to destroy us, God will save us and preserve us. And how does it happen? It happens when we begin to play music with the tambourines or the harps. Or if you'll let me today say, when we sing our song in the night, God fights the battle. So here's the picture. The enemy comes. It gets dark. God fights. We sing. While we sing... God wins, and we walk away with victory. Sing your song in the night. Let me give you a practical example. Acts chapter 16. Verse 25. And at midnight... Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. From within the inner prison, with the vilest of criminals, beaten, bruised, battered, bleeding, at midnight, in the night, during a dark season of their lives, Paul and Silas kept their promise and their commitment. They began to pray and sing praises to God. Paul and Silas at midnight had a song in the night. And as they began to sing, God began to fight. As they began to sing, God showed up and began to do what only he could do. He shook the jail. He shook the courtyard. He shook the outer prison. He shook the inner prison. Every man's bonds were loosed. Oh, you hear me for a minute. If you'll get your victory, you'll help somebody else get their victory. If you'll begin to sing in your nighttime hour, the presence of God will show up so strong. He won't just shake your prison cell. He'll shake the cells all around you. There's something powerful about when God shows up. He impacts more than just where he shows up. <laughs> Another example, just so you have it is on resurrection morning when Jesus rose from the dead. 
We celebrate Jesus' resurrection, and we should. That's the most important one. But the Bible tells us that it wasn't just his grave that was empty. The Bible tells us there were other graves that when the power of God showed up and he resurrected, those around him also resurrected. That's how powerful it is when God shows up. So if God can fight your battle and bring you victory and is doing all that he can in your life, know that it's impacting your neighbor. It's impacting those around you. It's shaking their prison cell. Their freedom is coming as well. God is working on our behalf. God is doing on our behalf. God is doing the work while we sing the song. So the promise to you today from God is if you'll sing, God will fight. But you don't realize how dark it is. I understand. I've been in some dark places. I've been in some nice seasons. And it's been tough. The night and the darkness can be suffocating. It can pull the wind from you at times. And you wonder and you, 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 you just don't understand. What, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to sing? Trust me, if you'll get just a little bit of breath, just enough to squeak out the first note, then you'll be able to sing the second note. And you'll get to the third note. And it won't be very long. You'll have the strength and the wind that you can begin to sing your song in the night. And as you're singing, God will show up. Psalm 77 and 6 tells us, we read it in the beginning. I call to remembrance my song in the night. What did you sing last time you was going through a dark season? Start with that song. What song did God give you the last time you were in a dark season? Sing with that song. Diligently search with your heart, with all of your spirit. Find the song and begin to sing it in the midst of your dark hour. I wonder if you stand with me this morning. I'm closing. If you've ever been camping or you've gone hunting in the early morning hours, Good hunters get to their place well before everything else wakes up, particularly the animal that they're hunting. They get in the woods, and they get in their spot, and they get comfortable, and then they'll begin to hear a song. While it's still yet dark outside, it's the song of the whippoorwill. It's the bird that wakes up first. It's the one that begins to sing first. And it's singing because it knows in just a few minutes, maybe an hour, the sun's going to come. The sun's going to arise. The whippoorwill sings its song as an invitation to daybreak. When you begin to hear the song of the whippoorwill, you know the sun's about to rise. Daybreak is about to come. I'm going to tell you something today. When you begin to sing your song in the night, it's just like the whippoorwill when he begins to sing his song. You are inviting the day to come. You are inviting daybreak to come. You are inviting morning to break forth. You are inviting victory into your life. You are inviting an overcoming spirit to come upon you. 
if you'll sing your song in the night, you will have victory. And as you're singing, God will grant you the strength to endure the night. And He will give you victory over your battle. So you can know this in your heart today. Whether by endurance or by deliverance, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Whether you have to endure the night and wait for morning, you're going to make it. Or whether in the midst of the night while you're singing, an incredible victory comes, you're going to make it. God is with you. You're going to become victorious in your nighttime season. Daybreak is just around the corner. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.